Hello, I'm Curtis Bowers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I really appreciate it. We've been in the great state of Texas the last two weeks and still have another event to go. And we've been meeting with different groups in different towns every night. And it's been wonderful being able to meet many of you as you've come to the meetings in different places. And then the new subscribers that were signing up and getting to know. Thank you so much for that. I hope that Agenda Weekly is a blessing to you and all the different things that we provide each week. This week I had an interview I was going to show for Agenda Weekly, but so much is going on in the world. I'm going to try to do the best I can to unravel what is going on in the Middle East and, and what's happening. And one thing you can know for sure when anything is going on worldwide, the narrative that's being put out to the public is a lie. That's 100% of the time. So that's why it gets really tough right at the beginning of something to see the truth, to see, okay, what's all the things going on here? They're gonna put out a narrative they want you to believe to cause you to act in the way they want you to act. So that always happens in every event, whether it's a pandemic, a weather issue, a hurricane, a war, whatever. So it's always disinformation 100% of the time. So I'm trying to, as I've been on the road here, having meetings every single day, boil down, okay, what's really going on? I'm gonna do the best I can to explain some of the key principles to be careful, to look out for, as this thing unfolds over there and we see you know, what is happening, what's gonna be the results of it, is it gonna escalate or not or whatever. But anyway, I'm obviously in our motor home doing this because we're traveling around here for a few more days. But thank you so much for joining me. Those that aren't subscribers, please consider going to agendaweekly.com and subscribe there. But uh, thank you so much. It's hard to put all these pieces of the puzzle together, but I'm gonna to try to give you some nuggets of things that help us better understand and kind of give us a, a window to look through to see what's going on right now. But we know during the Trump presidency, he brought peace to the Middle East, which hadn't been done in a long, long time. And of course, the globalists didn't want that. They never want peace. They want war and destruction and chaos to create fear so we will simply obey and do as we're told. But we also need to remember since 2009, the Bidens, the Obamas, the establishment, Republicans and Democrats have been doing everything they can to help out Iran, to help them get nuclear weapons, to help prop them up because they wanted them to be powerful, I think, so eventually they could have a war with them to destroy them, but not to uh, stop radical Islam in the world or something. It's because they are creating weapons and things and they're getting concerned about that. And they're kind of not tied into the deep state to the world economic forum and things like that. These people, they love, they love war. They love death, destruction. They love an unstable world. They love it so much. In 2009, we need to remember the Iranian people rose up in protest for freedom, they wanted to be free. And the Obama administration crushed them. It was the perfect time to oust their dictatorship and, and give the Iranian people freedom because they're good people. I don't know if you've seen Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit, but in there, I interviewed a man called Dr. Shariat, and he has a ministry, Iran Alive Ministries, out of Texas. He was raised in Iran. 
and it broadcasts 24 hours a day TV into Iran, Christian programming. And he says right now, and it's been this way over the last 20 years and it's growing, there is a tremendous Christian revival going on in Iran. And he said in his estimation, because they have an 800 number where they're talking to different people all over Iran every single day. And he said, it's my estimation being raised there in Iran as a Muslim, um, but now having become a Christian, that at least 80% of the Muslims in Iran hate Islam with every fiber in their body. Now think about that for a minute. When he first said, I go, what are you talking about? He said, they know now that Islam is a lie. He goes, the mosques are empty. He said, because when we kicked out the Shah of Iran and the Ayatollah Khomeini came to power back during the Carter administration, they had the perfect Islamic state where the religious and political leader were the same. And in Islam, they're taught if you can have that happen and then you create the Sharia law that governs society, you will create a utopia on earth. And when he told me that 10 years ago when I was interviewing him, I said, that's what the communists say. He goes, yeah, it's very similar. Islam and communism are twins. One just is using religion to get the totalitarian control and the other one's using muscle to get the totalitarian control. But anyway, I tell you this right at the beginning as we get going because I believe the globalists want war with Iran and we shouldn't be for that yet. We should be totally for removing the evil dictatorship, but we don't want to just carpet bomb and kill all the Iranian citizens and peoples there. God's doing a great work there. And I just, it makes me sick to think now that uh, as this escalates, that's probably what is going to be the end goal of this. Biden now and Obama, his eight years, were doing everything to fund support the Islamic terrorist states and individual groups. As you know, if you've studied the issues, and I think most of you have, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood were pretty much in control of the Obama administration. They were dictating to him, here's what you do, and here's where you go. So they were totally in bed with these terrorists worldwide, and they, and they love them because they create the chaos the communists love to use to create fear and to create war, and, and it is very beneficial to them. I know from studying the other side, the globalists and the elites and the World Economic Forum people, they would love a third world war. They would love it because it would help them cut the population. They want to get rid of at least 7 billion people over the next 20, 30 years. It also helps them destroy patriotic populations. If there's countries that are patriotic and love their individual country, it allows them to maybe have the wars in those countries to decimate the population, or it allows all the displaced people from the wars to be brought to those countries like America. Oh, these people are in a ravaged country. They need to come to America. And so it helps dilute down the patriotic populations, but it also creates fear and poverty and that's what they need to finally establish their new world order. So obviously the attacks on Israel were horrible and wrong and evil and a terrible thing, but there's a lot of things we need to look at to make sure we don't just get trapped in, these are good, these are bad, and don't ever look at the details. We've been doing that for a hundred years 
and it's got us into many wars and many situations where America was not on the right side of things, doing the right thing. So we can't let blind allegiance or blind patriotism ever just direct our path. We need to carefully look at the details, realizing all groups are capable of evil. All groups are capable of doing the wrong thing, but acting like they're doing the right thing. One thing that is so obvious when this happens is those, you know, the Democrats, liberals, the Biden administration, and all the elites, they, when you can see the bodies of dead children, they're totally against it. And they're like, how could something like this happen? But when you can't see the bodies of the dead children, like in abortion, they're totally for it. It's just something that's so, they're bipolar in that they're for the slaughter of 70 million children in America. But then when they see children being beheaded and things, which is horrible, of course, oh, this is a great evil we need to stop. But the contradiction, right now, thousands of children in America are being mutilated in our hospitals. And they're totally for that because it's a money machine to make profit off of them. So anyway, don't, don't let their bleeding heart stance on things ever convince you they care about the children. They don't, they hate the children, they hate the populations. Now, who is Hamas? Of course, it's a terrorist organization that hasn't allowed a free election since 2006. That's important to know. They're in Gaza, they control Gaza. And it's really interesting when you look at their charter. So you go, okay, what are these people all about? Watch this short clip here of a man just discussing what their charter says and, and what they really stand for. But the one thing everybody talks about is what is your core beliefs? What do you really believe in? You can read the entire charter, it's not hard to find on the internet, but there's a couple things in there that's important for you to look at, and here's what it is. Pretty much the premise of the document, that's 36 article, can be summarized as falling within the four main themes. Number one, the complete destruction of Israel. This is again, Hamas. The complete destruction of Israel as an essential condition for the liberation of Palestine and the establishment of a theocratic state based on Islamic law, Sharia law. This is in their charter, 1988. Not too long ago, just roughly 35 years ago, is what they said. Number two, the need for both unrestrained and unceasing holy war, jihad, to attain the above objective, again, to annihilate Israel, pretty much off the face of the planet. Number three, the deliberate disdain for and dismissal of any negotiated resolution or political settlements of Jewish and Muslim claims to the Holy Land. And number four, the reinforcement of historical anti-Semitic tropes and calumnies married to sinister conspiracy theories. So now here's what's interesting. That article I just read you was from The Atlantic. And the title of The Atlantic says, when Hamas tells you who they are, believe them. So, some people may say, wait a minute, does Israel sit there and say, let's eliminate Palestine, Palestinians, and Hamas off the face of the earth? You've never heard Israel say that. By the way, Israel could if they wanted to. They have one of the strongest militaries. So as you see, their sole purpose is to kill and destroy the Jews. So it's a satanic agenda and there's nothing good behind them. But who is supporting them? I don't know if you saw this week, the students at Harvard University typed out a letter and released a statement to the press that said, Israel is 100% at fault for what's happened over there. 
So all the rockets going in and killing innocent civilians and everything, Israel's 100% at fault for that. It's, it's unbelievable, but that's what the liberals think. They're always against what is good and for what is evil. But here's another quick clip that shows some of the people that are supporting Hamas. Some of the some of the groups and things, and it's important to know that because when you saw their charter there, you realize they're nothing but pure evil. They don't even pretend to be good. They don't even pretend to be doing something noble. And watch this. You also have pro-Palestinian rallies across the world. Nothing wrong with that. Everyone is free to organize rallies or protest. But look at what's happening at these events. In New York, people are holding up the swastika, the Nazi symbol. In Sydney, they're chanting anti-Semitic slogans. In London, Jewish eateries are being attacked. How is any of this helping Palestine? It isn't. But it exposes their true colors. By all means, protest against Israel if you want to, express solidarity with Palestine if you want to, but at the same time, condemn what happened on Saturday. What is wrong is wrong. You cannot justify that by pointing at the past. Some habitual offenders are openly supporting Hamas, like Iran and Hezbollah. Some mainstream politicians are doing so behind the scenes, like the liberal Democrats in America. You may know these faces, Ilan Omar, Rashida Talib. They're members of the U.S. Congress. Neither of them has condemned the Hamas. Instead, they're asking the U.S. to stop helping Israel. There is clear anti-Semitism at play here. Take Ilan Omar, for example. In 2012, she accused Israel of hypnotizing the world. Now, to give you some context, hypnotism is linked to an offensive Jewish stereotype. In 2019, she did it again. She accused Israeli lobbies of using Benjamin's baby. Again, to give you some context, Benjamin's baby refers to $100 bills. And Omar was confronted about this. She said she was not aware of the stereotype around Jews and money. How believable. My point is a simple one. You can support Palestine without celebrating the murder of innocent people in Israel. But I guess that's too much to ask. Every time this issue comes up with Israel and the Palestinians and all this they talk about, there is no such thing as a Palestinian. Palestine is a place. It's a piece of dirt that God gave to Abraham 3,000 plus years ago and said, this is your property. It's the only property on the entire planet we know for sure whose it is. The Jewish people, we know, know this is theirs. And of course, they don't even have all of it that they're supposed to have. But the left, because they hate Israel, has tried to stir things up over the years and act like there's a displaced people group there. But the reality is the, the, the people they call the Palestinians, most all of those people were just the people that were attacking Israel in the 1967 Six Days War. They, the, all the countries, Egypt and Jordan and Syria and Lebanon and all the other ones attacked them all at once in 1967. And amazingly, God allowed them to not be defeated Israel and they were able to fend them off. But when it was over, then all those different countries, the people that had been fighting against Israel, they didn't let them come back into their countries. They forced them to stay there in the area that is Palestine, which had originally been controlled by Egypt. And so they knew, hey, we're going to be a thorn in their flesh. We're going to push all these people in there and make them live there that are anti-Israel, anti-Jewish. 
And so that's what it is. If you did a DNA test on the Palestinians, you'd see, no, they're Egyptians, Jordanians, Syrians, Lebanese, Iraqis, that's all of them. There's not a people group. It's not a race of people, but the left acts like, you know, the Palestinian state and they need their own property. Um, they can go get their own property somewhere else, but that is the Jewish people's property as God told us thousands of years ago. The PLO, interestingly enough, the Palestine Liberation Organization, it was started, and I talk about this in Agenda 2, it was started by the KGB. So it was a Soviet front to stir up tensions and radicalism in the Middle East because they love that chaos, they love the confusion, they love war, and they can attack Israel whenever to just stir up tensions with America. And so that is something that's important to realize that the communists are right there in the midst of this. And I think Russia knows, hey, let's stir this thing up there because then if we start getting in a war with Israel against Iran or whatever, then we're not gonna be able to fund the Ukraine too and everything. So it's, it's very strategic, but the PLO was a communist started organization as most of these terrorist groups are. Israel is our only friend in the Middle East and God's chosen people, but we need to not let that brainwash into believing that they can do no wrong. Everything they do is right. The reality is they're in total rebellion against God um, and they're as evil as most countries are. And, you know, we saw during COVID how totalitarian their government was to force vaccinate all the population and to punish people. And to, it's still a crime to share the gospel there. You will be imprisoned or even executed. I have some friends that were missionaries there back in the 80s and 90s. And they were there once when some, one of them got caught for sharing the gospel and they stoned them to death. So they're not like some righteous people. Again, we should support Israel and what they're doing. They're totally capable of taking care of themselves. So if they want to retaliate and try to root out the terrorism and stuff, great. We're 100% support, but we can't allow the globalists to force us into the war where our military is getting involved. And we're escalating it to the point of taking on Iran, where then all of a sudden it's going to become a major war and I think in their hopes of creating a world war, um, again, because they love that. We are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and we need to be doing that. Um, we see that, as the book of Revelation talks about, there's a lot of things going on in the end times that deal with Israel. But I also know how incredible their intelligence agencies are and the CIA. And so to say that this was a surprise attack, I don't believe that. The CIA and the Israeli intelligence community, they have spies and informants in every terrorist organization in the world. So they know exactly what's going on. So they allowed this to happen. What for? I think ultimately Israel wants to take out Iran, but the problem is Iran is very powerful and then it will, escalate from that point where then we have to get involved militarily and i again my fear like i said at the beginning is that we just slaughter the iranian people instead of just focusing on just the ruthless dictator that's the evil one there and the establishment around him but, but we need to be really praying for them that they'll have wisdom 
that God will, will keep this in check and it'll be a proper response that helps them to become a more secure nation and, and against their enemies. And it's, it's rough and it's hard to know again, all the details and all the facts because um, we've lost the media decades ago. And so it, it's hard to tell what the truth is on all fronts. Obviously, again, like I said, the attack was evil and wicked, but I believe they had to know it was coming. So what is our government doing with it? I don't trust our government. And again, the Israeli government is not good either. They're not. They're globalist. Um, they totally do as they are told. They're all part of the deep state. And so even though we love the, the, the Jewish people and everything, we have to be careful not to get sucked in. But I really believe we need to be against America's involvement at a military level. We can totally support them and be you know, backing them up with whatever they feel they should do. But to to want to get another war started, we've already got the Ukraine war started and stirred that up to get another one going. And then if we have to take on China at the same time, we're going to be in a rough situation. And that might be the whole point of this is to slowly deplete all our weapons so China knows we're not a threat at all because it would be years until we could build back up our arsenal of weapons. It, they already said right now it's over two years till we get our stockpiles back to where they were from what we've already given the Ukraine. But if we get other things going too, it's going to be rough. I'm just really concerned because of the disinformation, because of the way they're pushing this as whatever the cost, we must do whatever. Whenever they start saying that, we're always to count the cost. The Bible says that count the cost before you do anything. Don't ever jump into something blindly. And I just see all the rhinos and all the wicked people that are saying, yes, we need to go to war with Iran and we need to slaughter them for what they've done. They get our emotions stirred up. And the idea of pa it's patriotic to do that. And that scares me because when the Mike Pence's and, and the Nikki Haley's and the Lindsey Graham's and the Dan Crenshaw's and all those other vile people like that are pushing this, you know, oh, all those people profit off the military industrial complex. And so it makes you go, oh, this, this is a money machine for them. I don't know if you remember me mentioning several years ago, a book by Smedley Butler called War is a Racket. He was the most decorated war hero in American history. And in the 30s, after having served in the Marine Corps for over 40 years, he wrote that book and he said, I always thought during my career, and he won two Congressional Medals of Honor and so many other things. He said, I always thought I was fighting for the freedom of people and all this stuff. But now as I'm retiring from the military, I realized all I was doing is being used as a pawn by the elites of the world to allow them to pillage the resources of different countries and to take advantage of people, groups and things. And that's what it was about. It was never about freedom. And it's an important book, but he shows in that book back in the 1930s, he said, they make a fortune off a of war. And he shows you all the ways they do that. And he said this, not knowing World War II was already coming. I think he wrote it in 1932. He goes, you wait and see, even though we just had the war to end all wars, there'll be another one coming shortly because that's where they make their money and that's where they get the power and control to pillage the world of all the resources so 
very interesting wisdom from someone that loved this country and served this country, but realized at the end of his life, I've been used, I've been lied to. Well, we are being used and lied to today. We, we are, the Biden administration is trying to stir up a major war. I think they would love if one of the countries of the world would nuke America. They would love it to stir it up into a full-scale world war so they can finally implement all the things they need to do to get their new world order. They can eliminate all the countries that don't want to go along to get along, and they can dissolve countries like America. And I really believe that. Uh, when they blew up the Nord Stream pipeline and then they confiscated $300 billion of Russian money out of the banks, and then they provoked them by saying Ukraine should be part of NATO, that was all in hopes that Russia was going to really unleash. And they didn't. They've, they've kind of just done their thing. But I think they really want them to do that. And I think they're going to try to provoke Iran by starting to attack them to unleash something against the world. So then it will excuse them in their quest for world war. But anyway, it's uncertain times we live in. I would be prayerful. I'd be preparing. You know, they say today we're supposed to have terrorist attacks around the world. They might be saying that just to create terror in and of itself, or it might be a real thing, or it might be coming in the future. We do know we have an open border. So terrorists are pouring in as well as many of our enemies and many people that are just going to be dependent on our system to collapse us from within. It just, it's hard to know all the details yet. Um, I think we should support Israel in allowing them to retaliate and make those responsible pay, but we shouldn't be behind the mindless slaughter of people groups just because something was done wrong to us and now we're going to get back at everyone. You don't kill women and children ever uh, to retaliate against a terrorist group or an evil country or whatever. But that precedent was started long ago, back with our carpet bombings of World War II, where all of a sudden the natural rules of engagement, where you always protect women and children populations and civilians. Militaries kill militaries, and they get control of the leadership of the country, but they don't just indiscriminately kill the innocent. But that all changed in World War II. As we started to say at war, anything is okay. And so that's where we are. But I encourage you to pray, be prepared, be alert to your surroundings, what's going on. And just know that this, like every other thing that's happening and going to happen, is going to be used for evil. I think we'll learn more and more over the next coming days and weeks of what's really going on and what the right solution is. And uh, we just, but we need to be careful not to be sucked into narratives. That's my main point today and trying to give some nuggets on what's going on and remember the history of what's gotten us to this point. And most of it is our own self-induced uh, misery because of the things our government has done to prop up terrorists and terrorism worldwide. Our verse for this week is Psalm 122.6. It says this, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. So I think that's good advice. We need to do that. And then be alert, be prepared, and be influencing those around us. And until next week, God bless you.